0: Conspiracy podcast, a show about the house and on the house. I'm Jonathan O'Brien and I'm the founding creative director at House Conspiracy. Today I'm talking to Guantung Torothy Lau, a multidisciplinary artist who hails from Hong Kong and has found herself here in Brisbane. I was going to say has found herself a home here, but I think that betrays a lot of what we talk about here on the podcast. We talk about a lot. Um, we talk about moving cities, about identity, about the personal and the political. And for a surprising amount of time, we, we talk about time travel. Um, but before we get started, I actually want to tell you a story. I got a text from Dorothy yesterday, which was Easter Sunday. Um, and it read, hey, I'm at the house RN right now and a neighbor told me that a duck was acting really distressed out front, so he brought it into the backyard. If you're not comfortable with the duck staying in the backyard, he said he can take it to his friend's farm in a few days. I just thought this was kind of weird, so I'd let you know. Dorothy was right. It was kind of weird. So anyway, I I call this guy. His name's Larry. I call Larry, and he explains the situation, and he's sort of apologetic about the whole duck thing. And I guess he was just worried about it out front because it looked like it was going to cross the road like some sort of chicken. And I tell him, I told him, you know, don't apologize. I'm glad it's safe. And he starts explaining how he's going to take it up to his sister's farm and she's going to determine the gender and help start a duck family. It was really sweet, I guess. <laughs> but it was it was also a strange situation. Um, but... But anyway, uh, Larry came by this morning to check up on the duck and it was gone. Um, We were going to wrangle the poor thing to safety, but it seems to have taken flight again overnight. I never met Larry. I never met the duck. So this podcast goes out to the duck. Here's some housekeeping. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you're on iTunes, if you give us a rating and a review, that would be great. Um, You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at House Conspiracy and visit our website to see how we can support you at HouseConspiracy.org. Now, onto the show. Dorothy is in Studio One, where Rhiannon Dionysius was practicing up until a couple weeks ago. Dorothy uses the shelves Rhiannon put in during her residency to showcase domestic objects, which she has combined and covered with a pink wool to create unusual and beautiful shapes, like kind tumors. I don't know, maybe that maybe that's a, an off kilter description, but. The beautiful and strange is what i'm saying which is a lot of dorothy's work um on her wall is a large framed photo of her or rather a photo of two of her um dorothy works largely in photo manipulation as well as sculpture and in the photo on her wall from her parasel series which she talks about a lot in this podcast um one dorothy is looking at the other and holding an unplatted string of the other dorothy's hair hard to explain but it's mesmerizing it's unsettling and the Photoshop is seamless. Here at House Conspiracy, Dorothy is looking to combine her two mediums, sculpture and digital manipulation, not to showcase the sculpture, um, which would be the simple, simple way out, but uh, rather to, to bring them together and to make something cohesive. And we, we talk a lot about how she's going to meld those two different approaches to the same sort of topics in this podcast, which I thought was really really fascinating um on her door in chalk are the following words the words paradox time travel identities regrets and then in a box the words analog and digital and between those words respectfully domestic objects and fabricated artifacts and now here's guantung dorothy lamb table in front of us dorothy yes (laughs) as a visual prop for this audio podcast yep just
1: for some reference for myself i guess yeah what is it uh so it is a box grater the one you sort of grate cheese and other stuff with i guess and i've attached uh some yarns they're pink so like this pale pink baby pink yarn with some embossed fleece um well i've attached some of these sort of um pink materials soft Nice comfy material to this um, box crater that is really like hard and metal and sharp. So um, my I guess um, yeah. So I've been attaching this material that I've used in my previous projects to domestic objects. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing, and this is what it is, I guess. Yeah.
0: Now your idea of domestic. Objects and using that did that come that came directly sort of from the fact that you're working in a house. Yeah
1: Yeah, I think so and previously I've done a project where I sort of put um, Also like paint materials, but like different texture into different vessels as in like cups and like bows and plates so also to convey the idea of like home and like the notion of displacement, I guess so this is sort of like an extension but more I guess responding to the house game mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't going to bring in the whole domestic idea thing that I sort of explored briefly in the past but then once I'm in the space I feel like it will work well with the space and also with the sort of ideas that I've been exploring with my past projects so I just sort of connected it. Yeah,
0: yeah awesome. So you've dealt with domesticity and identity in your yeah. works a lot before. Um, has that sort of always been stuff that's on your mind? Why do those two things sort of overlap for you?
1: I guess when I first, when I was first figuring out what my practice is about, I worked on different ideas and I tried to almost avoid putting too much of my personal experience in because I feel like, um, well, I'm from Hong Kong and like being a Hong Kong Australian Australian Hong Kong uh, um, it just I feel like it's already been a very big part of my identity here I didn't want to sort of make it my defining identity so I didn't want to connect too much to my work but then I guess uh, when I'm slowly sort of gradually making stuff I realise I'm just sort of drawn to that because that it's it's not my only sort of identity defining identity or whatever but I feel like it's very like it's a very intense sort of emotion and it's I sort of experience um, stuff that reminds me of this sort of issue on a regular basis. So I just feel like mm-hmm. I'm, my uh, daily life and also my mind is really connected to yeah, identity and these sort of issues. So I just sort of um, drifted towards, um, my, like my artist sort of started to connect with it more and more. And I guess now it becomes a very big part of my sort of visual art practice yeah
0: so what what elements of your day-to-day life sort of remind you of the identity elements that you're dealing with in your work
1: oh i guess it's is really um even like taking an uber like i guess like out of maybe five uber drivers i meet like four and a half uh, more than like four of them i guess would ask me uh like where i'm from what i'm like i guess it's, sort of, it's those sort of questions that are sort of um they're not they're for like people are kind and they are just like sort of a conversation starter but then I guess it always comes back to oh like um they would start asking questions that some of them would start asking um, questions that are maybe like a little too personal in a sense I guess um it always and a new conversation with a new friend or like yeah like a stranger it always leads to that direction of like to towards my sort of cultural identity I guess I feel like whenever I'm introducing myself or mm-hmm. meeting new people, like the first thing they want to know about is that instead of maybe my like other aspects of my life, and I guess racist encounters are like racist My encounters with like racism is less. Um, it's not too often compared to when I was in say in Tang but then <laughs> I guess um, it's it's just that I think like this daily conversations just sort of reminds me of that because it's so much about my identity more than other things whenever i sort of talk to people yeah
0: yeah so you mentioned that often these conversations they ask questions that you said are maybe too personal what's what's the line there for you when does something sort of become too personal
1: i guess um sometimes when they ask a question it could be it could it could be not too personal but then they connect it with something that like of a stereotype then it becomes kind of Mm. weird like um i haven't get i i like i no one has asked me asked me this before but um my sister my little sister someone asked her if she eats dogs or like so it's just like um yeah it's just i don't know like what do you eat is not a personal (laughs) thing to ask i guess like uh it's not, like, the two... Like, one of the most personal things you could ask someone. But then when you ask um, someone, oh, gee, do dog, because of, like, my race, then, mm. then it's personal. Right. So, yeah, it's, like, the context more than the question itself, I guess. So
0: yeah. through, through through the yeah. sort of connection to yeah. a stereotype, it becomes personal because it's almost a, a, an insult whether... Yeah,
1: it's almost like I have to defend myself a little mm. bit even though, like, I... Like, it's like you're accusing me of something but then you're not you're just sort of asking a general question but then yeah it becomes personal right, it's, right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not yeah.
0: it's the difference between what's your favorite food and do you like dog
1: yeah yeah like <laughs> do you like eating dog yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah thing, yeah. i guess yeah
0: yeah no i i yeah i understand that so you mentioned um living in townsville yeah did you? How long did you live in Townsville? What took you there?
1: Um, so I actually finished um, Form 3 which is equivalent to Year 9 um, mm-hmm. in Hong Kong and I just moved here, not here, like, to Townsville for high school. So yeah, it was a really big move. So I guess um, I went there yeah, just for like the purpose of studying and then I stayed there for two and a half years. So like halfway through Year 10 through to graduation, yeah, high school.
0: Mm. Yeah. And how did you find Townsville? I've been there a couple of times for work but Yeah, yeah. Um how did you find it?
1: Um I just feel like I didn't really get to see much of Townsville because I was always in the boarding school. Mm-hmm. I I was at well when I first got there, um I didn't have many friends and I think with a lot of boarding schools there's sort of a system where you need to get someone to like sign you out or else you can't really leave in the weekends. You just sort of stay in, in your room or in like in the boarding house in the dorms. Um But Townsville, like it's, I don't know, I just sort of thought it was more, it was bigger of a city than it is. So I guess it's more like a town, like coming from Hong Kong. But then um, like boarding house was fun, I guess. I met a lot of good friends that I still um, hang out with. So I guess like my perception to Townsville was more of the people I meet than the actual city. Like it's just a peaceful place, like a quiet place compared to Brisbane and Hong Kong or like Sydney just yeah quite a nice little town set of yeah
0: yeah um so so you weren't able to be signed out
1: um i well i um i got out a lot more like sort of when i was in year 11 and 12 but then when of the first six months that i got there so when i was in year 10 i didn't really get to leave much i just sort of stayed um in the dorms or well they sort of have activities like like movies and stuff and i would go out with them but then i guess i didn't really like explore the Town, the city, yeah. yeah
0: the, the city, <laughs> city the, the city, city of Townsville. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah, it's I mean it's the second biggest city in the state, I think. Um,
1: yeah, I think. Well, it's definitely like, it's like capital of North Queensland, so.
0: Yeah, capital of North Queensland. Queensland. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> as in, this yeah. is where the cowboys are from. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so when you, when you were at high school and at, at school in general, were you were you always an artist we always practicing art did being sort of at boarding school accelerate your artistic process or
1: Uh well, I guess I was always good at drawing like as a kid sort mm-hmm. of that type of good at drawing just sort of oh I can draw better than my friends do sort of thing I, I I can draw a better face sort of thing like I guess I wasn't really artistically minded. I just sort of liked drawing as a hobby and then I um, actually take art until the year 11 I think I when I was in Hong Kong um, we sort of had an art course but then it was it wasn't really we have like a subject called visual art but then it wasn't really um, it was just kind of boring to me so I didn't really explore that and when I got to year 11 and when I started actually studying art as a unit and learning more about art I guess I just sort of liked it more and more Um, I guess boarding school it could it could have affected i guess because i because i would be drawing a lot i guess in 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 the dorms when i didn't have much to do yeah, so mm-hmm. i think um my education or like my stay in towns will definitely push me towards the art direction if i stayed in hong kong i would just did i don't know like business or law or something I guess i feel like that would be a logical choice because my high school didn't actually have art as a subject so yeah, well. yeah so you like i wouldn't really have the option to take art like i guess some uh, some high schools in hong kong do but mine doesn't so i like if i stay there now just sort of go with the flow yeah mm. and not do art which is sad yeah that would be sad yeah. because,
0: because your work is is very very good Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. yeah uh just throwing in that that compliment to keep the conversation going <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um uh so you mentioned drawing but um your work now sort of mainly is focused on digital manipulation and photography yes and sculpture as well and wearable art yeah um how did that transition take place was that largely through the QUT program or yeah. would, did that start developing in um, high school when you took art in year 11 and 12 or
1: um it was definitely QUT because um when I applied for the course I actually like my whole portfolio was just my drawings and paintings mm. so I didn't really know that um this other side of the art world existed.
0: What other side is Yeah, there? like the
1: um conceptual, contemporary side. So I guess I see them in um museums and stuff. Not like museum but like modern art galleries. Like I see this sort of interesting um sculptures and installations but then I guess I didn't really thought I would I could make that art. I feel like I would just paint. Mm. So I guess I wasn't really aware of the other possibilities of the art world. Like this other part of this um sculptural, conceptual, this other part I didn't didn't really sort of, exp- well, sort of I didn't really explore that, and until I get to KIT, that's when I started to. Um, explore more of this. I guess they really pushed us to, um, to go from two D to three D. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of um, people who went to the course sort of straight from high school would have, had like a similar. Um, would be in a similar situation as myself. Like, they would just sort of paint a lot instead of fully exploring, I guess, art. As, yeah, I just feel like um, a lot of people would be focusing on traditional art than yeah. conceptual. So, yeah, QUT was when I sort of started moving towards this digital manipulation and wearable art thing that I'm doing now.
0: Yeah, so so the shift, the shift towards 3D... Um, and the shift towards conceptualization of practice, um, did they ease you into that? Do they sort of throw you full throttle in? Um, like I'm familiar with the course, but I guess I'm asking yeah. for for the sake of everyone else who's listening. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's I feel like I've I was being firm to it because I, I I guess they give you the freedom to do whatever you want to. It's like an open studio environment, but then they just really 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 strongly encourage encourages encourage you to make three-dimensional art so mm-hmm. I feel like it was like a strong push from them instead of like a slowly easing into um conceptual art sort of thing yeah I feel like it was maybe like a quite a rap transition for some of us um but it was more beneficial I guess for me at least yeah, yeah.
0: so did you did you shift straight into the sort of photo manipulation stuff um, or did you play around in other mediums that maybe um, you don't play around in anymore?
1: So I um, I just did a lot of installations. Mm-hmm. So I um, and they are not sort of the refined and refined installation that I make now that requires a long time to produce. Back then I sort of just threw things together, sort of like you would. I would find like wood. I actually worked with metal at the point, which was hard. I guess because I didn't really. I was just um, experimenting with like the equipment they have in the workshop and like all these big machines that they have, and yeah. So I guess I was just the the approach for me was very experimental, and I just made this sort of rough, not very refined installations. Um, and then I didn't go into photo manipulation or digital media until maybe uh, like a year after. So I was just playing around with materials for a year first.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um. And so, for the sake of kind of giving context to this discussion of your practice now, <laughs> um, yeah. your work Paracels is kind of the work of yours that I remember most significantly, and you've got a, one of your photos hanging on your wall in your studio. Yeah. Um, could you explain the work Paracels kind of conceptually as well as sort of physically?
1: Sure. So, um, Paracels is a series of digital manipulated self portraits. And in those portraits, I have like multiples of myself. So either two of myself or three of myself that are sort of duplicated using Photoshop. And in most of the photos, one of the figures is more aggressive, whereas the other one is passive. So mm-hmm. one of them would have like a more active action towards the other. Because in these photos, the two figures, the two of myself, they interact, or two or three of myself, they interact um, really intimately. And one of them is always sort of stronger. Um, yeah so this is what it is um, and conceptually uh, it's about the construction of yeah, my racial and cultural identity and how I sort of respond to these stereotypes because I feel like sometimes I even mm, rely on this uh, sort of generalized portrayal of this Asian culture to sort of um, to define my identity I mm-hmm. feel like I almost rely on that whereas the other times I would just sort of excessively defy those I guess sort of it portrays how my actions oscillate between the two. Respond to this sort of generalized portrayal of my culture, um, and it also connects to the like the feeling of displacement um, I've been feeling for quite a long time. So that's what the work is about. Yeah.
0: Mm, so I sort of have two questions going off there. Yeah. The, the first one is that sort of when 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 I when I look at your works, um, there's almost a sense of like strange discomfort as a viewer because Mm -hmm. there's multiple of you and because the photo manipulation is so strong There, there's a sense like 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 seamless there's a sense that um yeah there's a there's a sense of almost aggressive reality there as a viewer and I don't know if that was the kind of empathetic response you were looking for or
1: yeah I was definitely looking for uh like I was I want my work to have like an immediate impact. I think that that is one of the, um, one of one of the more important sort of formal elements of my work is to um is to have like an immediate impact. So I, I want I want like I, I guess I'm also looking for like a sort of shock, um, shocking sort of um, response, and because I think when I was if envisioning the work I, I I guess I already knew that with two sort of twins like person um, wearing the same outfit and styling sort of we re- um, having intimate intimate rea- uh, interactions would be a visually strong image I guess I already knew that when I was planning it so mm. I guess part of uh, when I was carrying through the process of um, editing it with even like colors and sort of fine tunings and stuff I I guess I was always going through going for like a theatrical, sort of aspect of okay. um, as well so yeah I guess like the response of feeling uh, like discomfort or like that uncanny sort of mm. um, sensibility of the work is is what I want yeah yeah cool <laughs> yeah because yeah, it, it yeah. is
0: super uncanny and yeah. um, but the, the second question I don't know maybe it's the more interesting question um, is you mentioned sort of the feeling of displacement and how your work is sort of um battling with that. Um do you find yourself feeling less displaced over time? Um do you find that that's because of a shift in sort of culture here in Australia or does putting these feelings into your work help? Like how how's the progression been? Are you still sort of in the same place you were when you started?
1: I guess it's like it's not a like a it's not a curve where it's like goes up or down. I feel like it's a constant sort of shift. Um I guess at first you are like I was just so confused when I first got here like if you had like picture a graph in your head that would be like the highest point of like confusion and Mm -hmm. like this feeling of displacement and sadness or whatever and then it got a bit better and then over time it got worse again because you sort of like once that you actually settled in you realize how you realise what's actually going on. I guess before that, you were just like, oh, confused. But then once you actually sort of know what's happening in the place and you know how you are different, then you sort of feel um, a little... Um, you you like you feel the like a stronger sense of displacement, I guess, again. And then I feel like the, the graph is just not like a straight line or like a curve mm. that goes up or down. It's just sort of sometimes I would feel more... Um, I would feel more belonged whereas the other times I would feel less and it also like it's the same thing like this a similar thing applies to when I am back in Hong Kong as well so I like I guess I I still feel very much belonged in Hong Kong but like whenever I go back like things have changed people have people realize reckons I have changed so like it's just like um, yeah so this sort of notion of displacement doesn't only apply to me being in Brisbane but it, it's sort of like um, it's like in the greater sense so like where do I call home sort of thing um, where it's home or like anywhere could be home I guess but then it's not fully like part of I guess maybe Brisbane could be 70% and Hong Kong could be like 80 so where is the where, like where like where like what where, 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 where can I feel 100% home sort of thing mm. yeah
0: yeah that explains I guess your attraction to domesticity um what? And sort of in, in the objects that you play with. Yeah. But um, what when is the time, I don't know, this is a big question, but when is the time you've sort of felt the strongest sense of belonging?
1: Um, I guess when I first moved to Brisbane, which is weird because it's a new place, but then um, I think growing up in a bigger city makes me feel more comfortable in, like, I am comfortable with noise. Like, and how, like, people walking, like, in, like, bus. um, And moving to Brisbane, have that sudden sort of feeling of... Um, I just feel this place is quite familiar, even though it's not. I feel like I'm almost say I feel like Brisbane is sort of um, in between Hong Kong and Townsend, like, in terms of lifestyle, maybe. And I feel like that just made me feel like a good place to be like when I first got here like that was a feeling oh this is a, this is a good place to live and then um, when I got into QUT and I I guess my mind was taken away from like art and all those things and art has given me like a channel to sort of like pour through these emotions and yeah first year university was the time that I feel belonged which is weird because I feel like that would be like a time of confusion for I guess, uni students, like, the first year.
0: Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's a, was yeah. It, Did you have that confusion as well on a university student level, but on a personal level, you felt gratified? Like, was there a multiplicity of emotional states mm-hmm. there?
1: Yeah, I guess. I feel like maybe my mind was more occupied by other things that I feel like I'm... This this... I feel like everything's going really fast, and I feel like my life is has taken the next step, whereas I've moved into a bigger city and it's a new place. I don't know anyone, but then I started making friends and I had that weird sense that, oh, I've sort of found my place, mm. I guess, because um, well, Hong Kong was home and then I moved to Townsville. Townsville was kind of home, but then it was kind of weird because I was in a boarding school. And then, um, yeah, when I moved to Brisbane, I sort of had that weird sense of, oh wait, I found a place. Like this is going to be home for a while.
0: You reckon? But yeah,
1: like, yeah, that's sort of feeling, and, well, I'm still here, so, yeah.
0: You're not going to move to Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I do realise that's the trend now, yeah, for creative um, people. Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: It's, all, it's all the rage. Um, but how have you found Brisbane creatively? Like, as a, as a creative hub, as a place to be, um, how have you found it?
1: I think um, a lot of people feel like Brisbane is really behind in terms of culture, with like, compared to Melbourne. But then a lot of things are happening, and if you sort of look, you know where to look, then you know um, there are a lot of exciting um, things happening in the art scene, like House and Seriously, I guess. If you didn't really, if you were just walking, I don't know, past the street or, like, just, you wouldn't really notice that um, exciting things like House of Seriously is happening, but then once you're sort of half a foot, like, half, like, one. Half of the one like one foot, one, uh, foot in, in. Yeah. one foot into this art circle thing, or like if you I don't know like Google Brisbane art um, emerging artists or something, you will realize that I feel like Brisbane has a lot to offer, and it's going really quickly.
0: Yeah, 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 hugely. I mean, we've got yeah. such a concentration of Aries in this. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, and um, I feel like QUT graduates they just set up Aries, like they just graduate or like they just set up. Aries when yep. they're in that year or something yeah so a lot <laughs> has been happening i guess yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. i mean yeah. It, yeah it's huge i mean we we house conspiracy sits sort of in this this strange middle ground between ari and like um, a function space. yeah yeah and, yeah. Yeah, and like metro yeah. arts or something like oh. halfway halfway in halfway out a foot in as yes yeah. as, as people need to be in the scene um so the work you're working on in the space here is sort of combining your wearable art and your photography and your photo manipulation. Um, yes. <laughs> although maybe you've shifted. What what are you working on at the moment in your studio? Your studio is just hugely busy. It's really it's, exciting. It's a to mess look at. actually, but yeah. It is busy. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so when I when I applied for this, I proposed to combine my uh, parasols, which is my Digital manipulated self portrait series and my wearable art, which is this soft pink, um, pink soft sculpture that you can wear. Mm-hmm. Um, so explain the yeah.
0: scu- soft sculpture for a moment. Um, okay. Yeah. And context, sort of, Yeah. 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 Where, where yeah. it comes from, what it is, and then, and then we'll we'll move in just so people know what yeah. we're combining here. Yeah, I
1: feel like I'm just sort of speaking without the context, and it's could be confusing. But um, so. I actually worked as a personal assistant to a fashion designer for like two years periodically. So whenever I go back to Hong Kong for three months, I just work full time with her. And also I I am like a salesperson of her store and also like her personal assistant. So it's just like like, all things that she does, I just assist. And I feel like from that, I sort of gained some technical skills Mm -hmm. um, in, yeah, sort of like, I guess, dressmaking a little bit. Um, I wasn't like trained, but then... I guess I was influenced by this experience and then I wanted to make a work that that is connected to this skill that I have that, like this new techniques that I've learned but I definitely wanted to be in the contemporary art context not as like a aesthetically focused right. pretty dress that you wear sort of thing. Art
0: versus artisan maybe.
1: Yeah yeah so I was like going through go going for like more yeah art than artisan but then like, the technique and the, I guess, like, the artisan skills with, like, that is involved in the work is also a part of the work, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so the the wearable sculpture itself is, like, uh, this pink cushion cloud-like objects um, made up of, like, embossed fleets. So there are, like, little dots that stick out from, like, on the surface of these sort of cushions. And then um, I've also got these, like, tentacles sort of thing... Uh, it's like, uh, how do I describe this? And I've got these pom-poms going on. So it's just like a, um, a soft sculpture. It's like mm. a weird shape object that you can actually put onto your body, like on the upper part of your body. And it's quite big, so you can't walk into... like I guess when you, when you walk into a door, you have to go sideways sort of thing. So it's like this big, um, almost like whimsical, I guess, yeah. uh, soft sculpture. Wearable soft sculpture, soft sculpture, and the process of making it actually connects to my ideas as well. I feel like it's like the like the long sort of hours I put into creating this work is sort of like a therapeutic. Is that a word? therapeutic. therapeutic. Yeah, 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 yeah. therapeutic. Um, sort of process that sort of connects to like childhood, like sort of working long uh, long hours with domestic um, materials. Knitting and like sewing and like making pom poms, that sort of thing. It's like it, like it connects to that sense of childhood, like the security that like you that peaceful sort of um has space you're in when you are sort of making this craft mm. objects. Um, yeah, so I guess it's sort of um making this work is sort of like an escape towards what I'm explore, exploring in Paracel So they they actually are. They are about the same thing, but two response. Whereas, yeah. like in in Paracelps, I like head on like confront this sort of, um, yeah, like displacement that I'm feeling, this notion of displacement, and then whereas in Gloom, that thing is called Gloom, like the sculpture, the wearable sculpture, mm-hmm. it's like another response. It's just like like withdrawing and yeah, withdrawing and escaping this sort of trouble that I'm dealing with.
0: Yeah. um and <laughs> yeah. No, 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 yeah. No. 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 I no. Mean, no. I think it makes. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, okay. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think you need to be worried about listeners being confused. I think we're all good. And they okay. Also, awesome, they yeah. Can, They're can gonna into your website anyway, right? Go on. Ah, y- uh, yes. Yeah, so Dorothy
1: Lau? Uh, Dorothy, Lau. Uh, Dorothy Lau. Dorothy Lau. dot com. Dorothy Lau. Yeah. Yeah. That's our website. <laughs> um, what's your
0: website? You can <laughs> yeah. see images there, but. Going yeah. back to going back to this. Um, oh yeah, the just,
1: the original question that we were. Oh no no you yeah. answered
0: the question. No I have another question. Oh okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no no no. Good <laughs> question answer was good. Um no I'm just giving people context so they can pause the podcast okay, and yeah. have a look at the images. But um yeah. No uh what I wanted to ask was how how does that that combination. Work? Oh like
1: what's happening now? Like,
0: how, how no how does it how does it work when when you're when you're combining one thing which is an escape and another thing that is very direct yes yeah how do you make those two responses work in a way that's meaningful makes sense but isn't completely clashing with each other
1: yes so um on my door i've written using chalk like a few words mm-hmm. these are like the key ideas that i sort of um yeah think about like, um, how to connect the two they are um, identities paradoxes regrets and time travel so yeah yeah so these words uh yeah they sound like they could be from a sci-fi i guess with the time travel and paradox thing going on but um i guess my idea my concept of this um house conspiracy project i'm working on to combine the two is to treat my studio as a domestic living space Mm -hmm. where i have multiple objects sort of um occupying the space in not like in the white cube gallery setting where you would hang everything perfectly like midline, um, but, but to hang and display everything like you would in your own house. So the work would, there would be individual, small objects, small art objects, but the work would be the whole space itself. So I would hang manipulative photos of myself and my parents. So I would, um, Photoshop myself into my parents' old photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would hang them in the room and put them on a table. And on the table there would be this kitchen applies, kitchen objects, like the box grater, the spaghetti thing. Strainer.
0: Str- Strainer. Uh, yeah. no, like it's like scoop? the thing
1: you pick it up. Yeah, yeah, like the
0: scoop. What's it called? Ladle? No, ladle um, doesn't have holes.
1: Dunno, like the yeah, like that thing with holes the that spaghetti
0: you spaghetti device.
1: Yeah, that device where you pick spaghetti up you no, anyways um
0: if anyone knows what that's called please email me <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yeah so um yeah so uh, objects like that with um with that pink uh, material attached to it um so that will be on the table and the whole room will function as this sort of weird space that you can't really live in but it it resembles a living space you've got plates and stuff on the table photos on the wall but then it's not an actual living space it's like a it's a paradox, mm-hmm. and it's it. The time travel, I guess, time travel and regret is always connected, and paradox as well. And I just sort of throw my identity <laughs> into this whole mess, and the room would just sort of um, respond to how I think. Sometimes I regret my life decisions, like moving here. Or it's been hard, but then I'm like, no, it's good. I'm doing okay. So I guess this is always this, like, sort of battle within my head where I think about, um, yeah, my life decisions, and, like, the notion of displacement, my identity in here in Brisbane, and all that things. And I guess um, the room would just sort of connect all of those using this paradox time travel sort of notion. Okay, it, that sounds really weird, but...
0: No. Yeah. It okay, makes sense.
1: I hope yeah. it turns out okay. I feel like it's it's very ambitious (laughs) like Mm. yeah
0: yeah yeah using using the whole room transforming into a space I think it's I think it's I think it is ambitious I think that's right but I think that's that's good right yeah Um, yeah. so time travel ties to regret for you as a sort of idea of rewinding I do do you have any sort of time travel texts films that you particularly like or is this just sort of something that you're engaging with on a on a personal level
1: I guess um, I always watch different kinds of like time travel films. So like when I when I'm on Netflix or something, mm-hmm. I would watch a uh, like time travel show and I would go do more like this and then watch more. Um, I I guess it's not I am not like just oh so inspired by Back to the Future or something. But like, I guess I'm just really drawn to like yeah time travel. Like I read about um, like old time travel like like short stories and stuff and like those paradoxes like those theories where you're oh if you go back to kill your grandmother or grandfather and he died and so you wouldn't exist so who killed your grandfather that yeah. sort of thing I found it really intriguing and yeah I guess I'm just drawn to this uh like, time tra- travel and, like, possibility it brings, like, you can go back and fix things, so then you can really, like, fuck things up, too. So I guess yeah. I really thought, oh, explicit, is that okay? Yeah. No, yeah, 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 can, yeah no, okay. Um,
0: Fucking yep. swear, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So,
1: um, yeah, what was the question? I'm just really drawn to time travel. Like, no, 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 no. That's no. It, uh, I guess, yeah. What is, what yeah.
0: so, like, yeah, the time travel stories of, like, the paradoxes, the grandmother paradox being one of the most famous yeah, time travel yeah. paradoxes ever. Yeah. Um are there any particular texts, particular short stories, particular writers or films that you go back to or that you think of a lot whether in the context of your work or just because you like it?
1: I feel like there isn't like a particular one. I feel like there would be actually. I like, um I've just read like a bunch from different places, I guess, mm-hmm. and yeah, I feel like a lot of them are just about how you go back time and you just Fake doesn't change, or something, and I feel like those are less as good, like they are not as good as the ones where you can actually go back and fix, fix things, like it actually turns out okay. I feel like I can't really name like a single one, like, like a feel that really influences me, but then yeah, I guess like the whole idea. And I think reading them, and, and I might read like a few and then my head will just mix them up together and come off like a new thing, I guess. So it's just not really, I don't think I've like particularly influenced by one material like one source material but more like the whole
0: yeah idea you're of using the thing. you're using all the material to engage with the idea yeah, in sort yeah, of yeah, a, yeah. a more holistic sense yeah. um if you could time travel
1: yes <laughs>
0: what would you change <laughs> one thing let's say you get one trip forward or backwards
1: mm, i guess i can really change things if i go forward because i don't know what to well, well, well or yeah. what would you do yeah, where would what would i go? do yeah where um, would you
0: go you get one time travel trip
1: um my god (laughs) i i i guess i when i think when i first started thinking about this question i always think about my personal like the things like in my past not like go back to yeah Yeah, like my, my my personal past i think about oh is there something i would change but then i sort of am scared that i wouldn't end up as a better version of myself in this point like i would uh, like I might be a like, really successful businesswoman sort of thing but then things might turn out better but then it's I would become not me I guess well I guess that's why I don't like the stories where they're like oh you can't change fate or something because I I feel like I want to change my like my fate I guess I I guess I I want to go back and change something but then I'm scared Mm. Of changing one, like I, if I say, oh, like I just, I should have stayed in Hong Kong or something, then that I would be a different person. Um, yeah, yeah
0: you, like you said, you might not have actually come into the art world.
1: Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, like I, I believe that if I go back and change one thing, I would, like, it would make a significant difference. I don't think fates would, like, erase like would just do its own thing and like make everything the same i don't think it would fix itself i think if i go back and change something i actually get to change everything which is scary so i don't know what i would want to change at all yeah Yeah. i actually i actually want to go back and like kill one of those people who are like uh yeah bad people but then i yeah i guess i would do that but then that's like suicide because you probably wouldn't
0: be right because the world would be so fundamentally different if there weren't world war two or if there weren't the communist regimes
1: yeah yeah um yeah i don't know what what would i change i have um asked myself so many times and i just don't really have one solid answer where i'd be like yeah this would totally work out yeah no. <laughs> no, I think I, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. that's
0: so reasonable because you, you end up sort of you think about like oh I really wish that that bad thing hadn't happened but then you think oh but the bad thing that happened I learned from and I became yeah who yeah. I am now or whatever it, it's more yeah. like you'd want to change it and see what happens but not actually have the yeah, consequences like, for yourself.
1: Yeah, I when I was when I first got to um, well actually when I graduated from high school I was like oh I actually really want to like have a dream about or like just sort of have an experience about um if uh what would happen if i if i had finished school in hong kong like i just mm-hmm. wanted to see it i want to want to see my like a different version of myself not necessarily switch to that version of yeah. myself but just want to just wanted to yeah see what it's like for her me yeah
0: yeah, run. Yeah. You'd like to run simulations, yes. but not. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Thing. Can someone
1: please just invent something like that so I can actually do <laughs> that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, call out to all the scientists who listen <laughs> yeah. to this arts podcast. Yeah. Um, Dorothy would really like you to invent a time uh, travel uh, multi dimension sim- simulation. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, maybe we could get it up on Kickstarter. I don't know yeah um, <laughs> that would need a lot of funding yeah. it would need a lot of funding um and probably you know a few hundred years i wonder if we yes. get to the point where ai is strong enough that it's recording everything to the point where it can simulate how things would have been if one thing were different
1: yeah i feel like that could yeah
0: but they wouldn't be able that, to do it for the past they would only be able to do it for yeah the so we
1: don't get to experience that like that like we, well, we, like in our lifetime, we don't really get to, mm. yeah,
0: yeah, get well, it.
1: like we're not really, yeah, that doesn't really affect us because we can't really use it. But like our future generations, I guess, if they're still around, yeah.
0: Yeah, God, <laughs> oh my God, we could talk, we could talk <laughs> sci fi all day. Yeah. My, my, my mind is spinning with all sorts of ideas. I mean, yeah. Facebook can tell who you're going to vote for based on what you like on Facebook with like a 90% accuracy. Oh, so yeah. why wouldn't they be able to tell? what you would do if something was different yeah anyway this is, this is getting a bit spooky yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so you're working on this for house conspiracy um and you're applying to do some other stuff in the future i don't know if you want to talk about it but what are you doing what are you doing next what's next
1: oh uh, this is so crazy i'm gonna like uh, do I should I even talk about this but okay like, I think none of my friends really listen to this so I guess I can talk about it <laughs> <laughs> so um, this really w- crazy thing happened last time I went back to Hong Kong mm. and then like um, I actually got offered a recording contract with a recording company like,
0: wait like as a, singer, as a singer like as a singer you, are, you, are you a singer? yeah
1: I'm actually a drummer like I am like qualified and stuff like I did a diploma in like Drum, drum kid what
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this about you <laughs> yeah
1: so I got this offer that I actually got two contracts and I like looked at them and they are like big commitments and I am like still weighing it up so that's my little secret here
0: wow yeah. as a solo artist or with a band uh, or as a
1: solo artist and yeah so
0: do you write your own music as well yeah as a little,
1: else yeah I, I write <laughs> I, yeah I write some music but I feel like they are like not very refined um I sing sort of R and B type sort of stuff. Uh uh-huh. um, Yeah. Anyway, so like, I was like, "What the fuck?" So um, I went back to Hong Kong and like that fashion designer that I worked yeah. with. She like hooked me up with this. A person like, oh, do you want to meet? Uh, this someone, somewhere? I'm like, uh, sure. So I met them. And yeah, like that fucking happened. And now I don't know what to do next because I I really liked um I really like art and I feel like my I'm happy with how like my pace like how I'm going with the like, developing my practice and sort of um, doing exhibitions and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is nice. I want to keep doing that. But then, like, well, <laughs> yeah, so we don't know what's next. That's, yeah, wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could do your own cover art and whatnot, right?
1: Yeah, but. I, I guess. So then, I, I feel like you would be directed, like, what to mm. do, I guess. Like, yeah, I guess really... it
0: depends on the contracts.
1: Yeah, and they're not, they're harsh. Like, Yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah. But um yeah.
0: You're not you're not Frank Ocean.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, well, when you're starting up they use I think I feel like all the contracts that people sign when they are first starting up are like just very bad for them anyways, like the terms like they would be being leaning towards the
0: company anyways.
1: But um yeah, so I d I don't know what the fuck is going on now. Um, how do you
0: how, uh, I kinda yeah. wanna keep going. This, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is really interesting. Yeah. How do you feel about compromise? Compromise in the arts, compromise in self expression, the kind of thing that might happen. If- I Oh,
1: like i I feel like I was just being um really demanding I actually like so the two sort of groups that I met with, one of them, it's like just appear to be nicer like they are like they just look like they are nicer people mm. so i oh, I told both of them the art that I'm making, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually doing stuff it's like it's like a com like I am like it's not just me messing around I'm actually like a com preaching. Pretty- accomplishing something mm. uh, I feel like this is valuable too and then they're like oh yeah you, you can still do it I guess but then I, <laughs> I, 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 I like I, I I, when I think about it I know that there would be compromises and I think the best art comes out when you are like totally free of like constraints I guess coming up with like a solid idea and like a good artwork is hard enough and if you are already if you if adding to that you have restrictions, things you can do or can't do or like things you're supposed to do, directions you are supposed to have to, then it really it makes it a lot harder because I feel like good ideas they sometimes pop, pop up of nowhere. Like well, of your like you're inspired by your personal experience and stuff, mm-hmm. but then sometimes you just sort of have like a thing moment where you like just connect everything. And then if that idea is you can't if you can't do that because of restrictions then like, what's the point? Like, I, yeah, yep. like, so, well, from my personal viewpoint, I feel like it's, it really affects your practice, like these compromises. I feel like, as a, or like designer or something, then you would always have to do that. But then, if you're not working for a product, on the product, if you're working f- like on your own work, you should have the freedom. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not working for a client, you're working for yourself.
0: Yeah, and like but, do you have a do you have a an idea for a record? Is there is there something inside you that has a sort of idea for an art 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 R and B sort of record or
1: I feel like um it well in Hong Kong anyways, if you wanna do that, you're not mainstream and mm. you can't really do that. Yeah. I like I guess when I was meeting them I talked about the creative sort of freedom I have and they're like oh yeah you can write your own stuff if you want sort of thing but then I guess um, I I have like a aesthetic almost mm. of you do you have you, a very clear yeah, aesthetic of actually. what I want I guess well as like a singer or whatever like I guess you would have like an image for yourself and I guess I already have like a like an idea of what I want because I I don't I, I really don't want it if they sort of like have like an image where they sort of put on yeah. me. Well, yeah. So I, I guess with with the work that I could be doing in the future, I sort of have like an expectation for it. Like what it would, what, what I want it to be. Then, yeah, again, creative freedom, um, compromises. I feel like there would be a lot of things that um, I can't do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so I'm still weighing it up, and I yeah, can't believe I actually talked about this here, but um, yeah.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a choice yeah. and a half, right? Because you, you don't want to be a vessel for someone else's work necessarily, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess it would, if I end up taking that path, then my work would be a team effort. Mm. It wouldn't be, it, it's not like, it wouldn't be us authentic. It's not that it's, like, false and, like, yeah. fake or anything, but it's just, like, maybe... More produced. Yeah, yeah, more, um, less raw, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> your work... Yeah, I mean, your images are raw conceptually, but, I mean, your production is phenomenal, right? Oh, yeah, okay. like, thanks, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's almost, like, it's weird thinking about, like, the way you light your photos and whatnot, I'm like, oh yeah, no, R&B singer would make sense. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, I'm 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 not here to advocate either path. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, I think I think creative freedom is is important, and if you still have stuff to say on these topics, yeah, yeah there's there's no yeah. right answer. How, yeah. do, is there a time frame, or are you sort of free to sort of sit and yeah, think
1: I, on it? I like I have a big show uh in the art world, like mm-hmm. coming, like the biggest show for me, anyways, coming Over up in Perth. In, in Perth. Yeah, I my work was selected in the Hatch National Graduate Show, which is at mm-hmm. like Paraself. Um, so three of the Paraself's work would be they're actually in Perth now. I think they were on their way. Like, um, well, they're in Perth now, and they would be on show in May. So after that. Oh, that if you're in Perth, check it out. I guess. Yeah, um, I like, mm, yeah like yeah, Perth. early may um in pick Perth Institute of Contemporary Arts. But um, anyway, so after that, I would have to. I sort of tell them. I told them that this is happening, and I'll be like, oh, I'll I'll come. I'll like let you know. Um, what's, what's the goal, <laughs> like mm-hmm. afterwards after May, so that's the time frame. Um, and it's approaching like this, deadline. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and, and an <laughs> exciting exhibition. You're flying over to Perth to see it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Now working in with the other great graduates.
1: Yeah, I actually really want to see... Because um, oh, I guess this graduate show is supposed to sort of represent what's been happening um, in the past year for graduates. Like, fresh blood. like Fresh, fresh blood, blood, yeah. yeah fresh yeah. blood. So I want to see what people has made and yeah, what what are the ideas that they're working on um, is it political or is it more, um, is it more like really conceptual? as in like form and know, shape or whatever? Like, I just really want to know uh, what's been happening. Yeah.
0: Do you consider your works political in their engagement with identity, or do you consider them personal, or is it a case of the personal is political, sort of second wave sort of thing? Or
1: I think it's like, uh, like it's an, um, it's an intimate reflection on this wider global social issue I think this um, what I respond to it's it connects with like a, a greater community as in um, like people like me or like just greater social issues it has a connection but it's coming from it's drawn from my personal experience so it's like a it's coming from this fine point of like my personal perspective mm-hmm. and projected into yeah wider social issues
0: yeah. So it, so it's I, personal yeah. first, political second, or uh I guess it's that too simple. It's
1: responding to political from a personal. Yeah. So I guess it's uh, like, it, like first and second that would be the steps, but not like the, the r- level of importance sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah so like, gotcha. yeah, that's like the, the the process I guess, like mm-hmm. uh, like from this approach, but not like the level of, um, yeah, importance. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, yeah. Well, hey, this has been a really, really good chat. Um, where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, so um, my website is uh, dorothylau.com. So, dorothylau.com. Um, and my full name, like my artist name, is actually Gwen Tong Dorothy Lao. So, that's my full name. And using that, you can find me on Facebook. So, G W A N T U N G Dorothy L A U. Um, you can find me on Facebook. And my Instagram is L A U Dorothy, loud Dorothy. So nice, yeah, yeah. Um, well you can find everything on my website, I guess.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sitting down and having yeah, a chat. Thank though. you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the House Conspiracy podcast recorded The House Conspiracy, and produced by me, Jonathan O'Brien and Tyler William Morrison. If you have feedback or you want to say hi, or if there's something you'd like to see us do, you can email us at house at houseconspiracy.org and you can email me directly about ideas for future podcasts at jonathan at houseconspiracy.org. You can also support us by becoming a member or by donating to us at houseconspiracy.org slash donate. See you next time.